And welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today we are talking about a few different things. Did you want to start off with tarot or with iPhones? I think let's start off with tarot and, okay. and affirmation kind of divination tools in general. Um, so I wanted to talk about tarot cards um, and these tools because it's something that I... I actually really, really love and um, have been using for a long time, but I didn't, um, I, I, I'm using these tools more intentionally now and finding them extremely right. useful. And so I actually pulled a, it's not a tarot card, I pulled an affirmation card for us to share with you guys. So Ooh. this is the card that I pulled. This is actually from, oh, sorry, this is from Louise Hayes. Power Thoughts card. So it says, life is simple and easy. And the other side of the message is, all that I need to know at any given moment is revealed to me. I trust myself and I trust life. All is well. So that was the card that I just pulled um, when I was just kind of sitting here and pulling over some of my tools, um, thinking about using them. And I've actually had this deck for, I don't even know, probably over a decade. Um, Louise Hay actually just passed away. She is the um, pioneer of Hay House Publications, and she did, um, wrote some amazing books on um, just connecting with the self and, and really learning how to kind of look inward and thinking about the connection between mind, body, and spirit. Um, and so for me, these are tools that I've had for a while because as a therapist, I'm always kind of looking for ways to help people, um, just kind of external things to kind of give bring people back to that mindful message. Um, the message on the card was perfect that all is well, I have everything I need in this moment. And so that's kind of how I started using them. But then in the last couple of years, I've started learning more about actual tarot cards and, and learning about kind of that journey and been using those tools as well. So it's been really fun for me to kind of take something that I thought was just going to be okay. You know, I have this deck in my office and I'll have a client pull a card and kind of give them a a positive message on the way out the door to actually using it something using it for something to really um, deepen my own journey inward. So, yeah, it's funny. I'm looking around if people are watching this um, because I just removed a bunch of stuff and I used to have a card actually on display. I'm gonna go get it. Just okay. hold for two seconds. No problem. So this deck, while I'm holding, um, this Power Thought card deck is an affirmation deck. And so this is something to just kind of help you find your inner strength. Just kind of showing that to people while you... Nice. So <laughs> I keep my favorite ones on... It's so funny because I had no idea you were going to do that. And then when you were doing it, I was like, oh my God, I have them too. Um, I put them on my fridge so that I always see them uh, multiple yes. times a day. Uh, there's awesome. three on my fridge. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my kind of life motto, and we've talked about it before, is life begins at the end of your comfort zone and then be the change you wish to see in the world, Gandhi. And then when words are both true and kind, they can change our world, which is the Buddha. Love it. Yeah. So, so I just thought, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, so that's something that you've actually had in your space and kind of up and around. Why, why is that important to you? Why, why do you have those messages like around in your home? Um, for me, I'm a very, uh, I'm a very sensory and emotion-based person. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, I was lucky because I think just naturally the way I was raised and born, um, I'm much more of a present and future thinker. I rarely am in the past or focus on the past. Mm-hmm. And when I do think about the past, I remember things more for their emotional content and not necessarily, um, I, I don't really see images and, and stuff like that. So I, I feel much more than I see. And I think that goes into language as well. I don't really remember, um, things people say. Um, I mean, it's, this is a really famous truth. I, I remember more of how they made me feel and how they reacted to the situation. So I like having quotes around because they put me in a different space that I'm not normally at. Because a lot of times I feel things, but I haven't really intellectualized them in a way that makes sense on a intellectual level in a lot of ways. And having those quotes helps me do that. And I'll be feeling a certain way and I'll say, oh, yeah, that's what this feeling actually means i mean it, it just i think helps me stay stay balanced in a way between that intellectual and emotional place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting to me that, that that's kind of how it's been useful to you because for me i um i i'm also a very emotional kind of processor but i think that for me visual is so important and so seeing things in my space and kind of seeing things around is really that immediately can kind of bring me back to that place of like awareness um pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and like where i'll actually be able to kind of recall you know everything about an experience just in that moment and so it really is you know it's really able to help me bring things back um to that mindful place pretty quickly right yeah and i think it's just nice we've we've talked about this a lot of as you're in the journey and we're always on the journey um unless you're in a a monastery where meditating hours a day and your whole life is about everything you do being mindful uh it's just incredibly difficult to to remind ourselves every moment to be mindful and it's nice to just put different types of reminders around that just kind of put you into that place um without you having to consciously always force yourself to be there if that makes sense yeah, exactly. And and I really like using cards, kind of going back to divination tools. I like using cards and using tarot cards and decks because it, it I think it really, it's an, it's a way to set an intention to be open to things that we're not able to see ourselves and not necessarily mm-hmm. meaning, you know, um, meaning like, you know, things on another plane, but just kind of a, a level of awareness that we're not um, open to, I mean, it can be a deeper level, but it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. And so I think even just, you know, for me, it's really cool when, um, I'll have, you know, I use this deck in, in session a lot called, uh, Miracles Now, um, by Gabrielle Bernstein. And she's somebody that's in recovery. Um, and it's just a really beautiful deck and the messages are pretty quick and simple, but they always seem to resonate with, what we talked about in session and where that client is at. And it's like every single time that happens, it just, you know, really kind of confirms for me that there really is a space to deepen our awareness if we're open. And so I think having tools can allow us to be a little bit more open than we are in our own kind of intellectual, you know, 
brains because we, we can be so um, focused on what we can see and on, on just kind of the data and, and, and on, on those, those, those things that I think it really limits um, our, our, our ability to find solutions and our ability to kind of find peace in challenging situations. And so for me, it's really been cool to kind of see that um, both for myself and for my clients that it, it, it helps kind of bring a level of awareness that we wouldn't have had access to. Right. And what I love about what you're saying is you're using the word tool. And we talk about this all the time as well, in that for me, um, specifically tarot cards are are a tool. And I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion that they're kind of this psychic thing or um, a certain spiritual practice or magic. And no matter if you if you practice tarot cards as as if they are a spirituality or if they are magic or whatever it it is to you it's really about how you use it and as a tool like for me i i don't really know much about the actual reading of tarot cards i just have always been drawn to the art that i see in various cards and i just love the art used in various decks and the whole reason we're having this conversation is because alanis morissette posted on instagram a photo of a 90s well it's a tarot deck that someone designed now of 90s icons mm-hmm. um and all hand-drawn and i just thought it was gorgeous so then i shared it um with you and we were just talking about it for a while and we were just I loved what you had to say about it because a lot of the times if someone is really into tarot specifically where we're at in LA, it is kind of a very, they're very into it. Um, so when they find out I like tarot, it, it almost becomes like I'm being quizzed on how much I know about it. And I know very little minus I like certain decks and the art and I, right. I use it that way. But I think, the important part with a tool is we use these things in the way that benefits us. There is no right or wrong way to really use them. And I think that's the, the important point I, I wanted to get yeah. across. Yeah, I, I, I love that point. And I think that is really important, um, you know, because I think that whatever the reason that you're drawn to it, to it, you're drawn to it and you, you, you find it beautiful and you're able to take something out of it. And I think that's, that's how tools are. Their tools aren't ever really the same in different people's hands. Um, and so we all kind of have our unique way that we're able to use a tool. And I, I, I do agree that, you know, there can be, there is a kind of a, an area where people kind of feel, um, cause I think it is something that you can really, you can study it on a very, very deep level. And there's a lot of, um, information and insight that can be gained the more you do that. And so I think for people that have really studied it, um, it means something to them in a different way. Um, and so in that way, it can kind of, you know, maybe seem that, that if someone is just interested because they, you know, find it, find it interesting for whatever reason that maybe that's not, um, honoring it enough. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think that, you know, that, that a tool is useful if it's useful to you. And I think specifically divination tools are meant to connect us to our own power. You know, if there's any magic 
in it, it's, it's really kind of believing in your own magic and believing that you have the answers already. And so I think that, that with that, we also have to give people space to use them in the way that's most effective for them. Right. And I mean, I think even the, the thing I see as a, a common trait between all the ways I know people use tarot cards is that self-exploration. Because even if people believe that it's telling the future, they're getting their futures told so that they can self-reflect to either prepare themselves or try to change their future, whatever it is. And if people are just using it as I, I know, most of the people I know, even if they have studied it and, and do the whole tarot readings and, and all that stuff, uh, they mostly use it as a reminder tool. They'll each day they'll kind of flip over a card and just reflect on what that card means to them, how it makes them mm-hmm. feel based on the art, based on what they know. And mm-hmm. I think that that self exploration and, and how it relates to them. I think that's the, the key is when I look at the cards, it makes me feel away. And then I think about how it's making me feel and understanding myself better and how I react to certain images, certain colors, certain yeah. patterns. Um, yep. And, and you just learn a lot, if not on an intellectual level, on an, an emotional and a, and a subconscious level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And I think as you were talking, I was thinking about um, people that, that use it a lot of times for like a daily insight tool. And it really kind of brought me back to people who um, are Christian or whatever your faith is, and you use um, that sacred text as a divination tool. So a lot of times people will go through and find a specific scripture or kind of just, you know, um, open the page and, and whatever they're called to read for that day and then and find some insight and a message in that or find some way to set an intention for their day around that message. And so I think it's actually much more similar to what we're kind of traditionally used to for ways of finding insight, seeking it through spirituality than I think people realize. But because um, it's something that's unfamiliar, I think a lot of times mm-hmm. it's, it can seem a little bit scary, but I don't think it's that much different as you were talking about it. I was just like, you know, there's definitely um, some similarities there. Yeah. And I think what I love about this conversation is that mindfulness makes everything a tool. And I, I feel that's how I try to view uh, everything that comes in my path is it's a tool that I can use for good or for evil. And I define those things very specifically in that evil is anything that causes myself or others to suffer. Um, where good is anything that reduces myself or others suffering. And I think there's that choice and there's many different ways to use each tool, but we're, we're talking about tarot cards. We're talking about um, sacred texts. I know people who do it with science. I mean, yeah. they'll literally the, read the thermodynamics, like the theory and, and that gives them that, spiritual awareness and and self-awareness like everything we that comes our way can be used as a positive tool we just have to one choose right to do that and to have the mindfulness the awareness to know what the choices are yeah yeah i 
I, I, I love that. And I love your definition of good and evil. I really like that because it's such a it's such a mindful way to define those two things that I think can be very um, kind of confusing. But just realizing that something that causes harm to self or others, that's evil. And I think a lot of times also people don't recognize that there's a lot of things that we do and patterns that we have that are causing harm to ourselves. You know, I think a lot of times we focus so much on the evils and, and evil kind of against someone else. Um, but a lot of times there's a lot of 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 evil that we that we can um that we're kind of caught in in our in our own personal cycle that i think these explorative activities and these these tools of self-exploration can really help to root out right and i i want to clarify too just i mean everyone can have their own definitions of whatever word they want but for me good and evil is an action. I don't believe a person or a thing can be good or evil. It's the action that that person does that does those things. Because it's all, I I just think it's too, human nature is too complex to box in an actual person as being good or evil. And it's based on the definition I use every person is a mix of both. It's, it's impossible for all your actions to be good because we, we don't have ultimate awareness. And in order to, for all of our actions to not cause any kind of suffering, it would require us to have complete awareness. And I, even with complete awareness, uh, I don't think just by the state of living, we could go through our day without causing any suffering to anything. I think just by being alive, we're to a percentage causing suffering to others and our, and ourselves. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with, with all of that. And, and talking about tools, unless you want to continue with talking about divination, I think it would be a good time to switch gears to talking about this new iPhone. Cause this is yes. a tool. Right. That I think can be used. <laughs> <laughs> either. And oftentimes it's a mix of both at all times. Yeah, I just think it's it's interesting because I have an iPhone 6S yes. and I've had it, I think, two years now. And it, I mean, I do, I do work on there. I do um, spiritual practice. I look for quotes. I mean, it's, I think phones, I think technology is just so ingrained in our cu- culture now that it, it very much is an extension of self um, with all the good and bad evil that brings. Um, But I just find it interesting whenever a new iPhone comes out, because I'm also not, I I use PC, I use Apple. I'm not attached to any kind of brand or anything like that. But the 6S has literally everything I would, ever need plus a million extra things I don't like I'm not a heavy phone user like I I enjoy my phone but I can easily not have it for days I don't need emoji features and all these crazy stuff um but yet the iPhone X comes out and I see it and some parts of me are just like shiny I want it and I think it's just an interesting human sight psychosis in a way and i'm i'm aware enough that 
I can tell when I'm just being distracted by something shiny and when I actually need or want something genuinely for uh, a good reason. But I just, I find it so interesting that no matter how aware of it I get every time a new iPhone comes out, I'm like, ooh, shiny, I want it. Yeah. (laughs) I can 100% relate to that, just that, that, interest in something shiny. And, and I think that, I think that that's just a big part of human nature. I think that we have what we need, but we oftentimes just want more. And that's just kind of that struggle. And I think that, you know, you're a lot further along than a lot of us because you're more aware of it and you're able to kind of recognize that and see, like, I have everything I need in this phone. And yet I'm like, you know, my eyes light up when I see this new thing. Um, you know, and for me, it's hard because I think that like, you know, that's, that's an area where I've definitely had to do a lot of work around, um, just around possessions and around things. And I think that for a lot of us having certain things gives us a sense of security. I don't know if it's real security. I think it's oftentimes an illusion of security, but, but it, there are certain things create this kind of illusion or sense of security. And I think, um, you know, depending on, depending on how you grew up, depending on what you had, um, or have, it can, it can be even that much more difficult to kind of manage that relationship, um, with items and possessions, um, and having possessions. And for me, that's something I've really had to work on because I can definitely relate to loving shiny, pretty things. Um, you know, I would say that like, I really like, Apple products. And I mean, I like, you know, I like the intuitiveness of them and I like that they're, you know, all pretty the same, but at the same time, I just really like how they look, you know, I think they're pretty (laughs) and that's something that I've always been drawn to. And so kind of having to find that balance of recognizing it's okay to want to have things that I like and have things that, that, that feel nice to use and, and look good. But at the same time, I have to be mindful that I'm not choosing the aesthetics over actual substance, you know? Um, and, and that can be a challenge because I think a lot of times too, we're, we're, we're so, um, you know, with, with the iPhone, with the invention of the iPhone, with how much we're using it now, we're so connected to what everybody else is doing and what everybody else has. And so you think about, you know, 30 years ago, people compared maybe each other's cars and different things like that. But it's like, now we were, you know, social media is such a, um, such a big part of our daily lives that people are kind of constantly showing, showing off our possessions or showing what we have. And I think that it, it kind of increases that desire to have those things even more. And so it's like, we're kind of competing with, I think a lot of forces that can make it kind of difficult to not chase the shiny things. Right. And I think you're, you're talking about the, the comfort of it and advertising is just so a part of our daily minute, I, I'm going to say. It's not even daily life. It's like everything we do now has advertising before the internet and, I mean, maybe on TV, on, on the radio. But now everywhere you go, there's billboards, there's everything on all social media has ads. Like, it's very rare you're going minutes without being exposed to that. And we're constantly being told that our cell that these products that this these material objects are an extension of who we are and i think that's where the 
the desire really seems to come from for a lot of people is I need this because it somehow gives me more self-worth or it's it defines who I am. So I need the best, the newest, the, the prettiest thing, because then I am all those things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an important point. We really, really identify with with what we have. And I think you're right that, 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 that's how we're, that's how we're conditioned to see it. That's what we're conditioned to kind of feel is, is, is what's really a value and what, what gives us value um, is what we have. And it's hard to, to not link those two things and not kind of get caught up in that, that cycle. Right. It's interesting too, because I, I work for Instagram. Um, so I do some of the design elements and help with, um, what I'm trying to do is move advertising specifically on Instagram more to um, an inspirational non-ad based place. So getting advertisers to, instead of focusing on the ad, focusing on bringing some kind of positive substance to people's feeds. And so that's a whole different topic, but I'm required to have a, a new, my phone can't be older than two years old um, from its release date. Oh, wow. So I have to get another phone. So when the iPhone X came out, I was kind of looked at it and I was like, yeah, there's a lot of features that I will never use. It has some things that, I mean, I prefer my iPhone success to. And mm-hmm. so I was looking at other models and I, what is it the the galaxy s8 which is pretty much in the testing and the specs very similar so i put on facebook that i was thinking of switching from apple for the first time and it was just interesting the responses in people hold so dear to the fact that this is part of their identity and and the, the sides that i'm like guys, it's just a phone with like very similar specs. (laughs) Like it just got so serious and so intense. And it's just, it's interesting to me that people are so passionate about uh, material objects that, and situations that have no uh, effect on them. And we see that everything with people and having opinions about everything, no matter if it affects them in any way or, or not. But I think that's all just very connected. And yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting human psychological study of how it is. It <laughs> is. And I think it's also, you know, I think it's a lot easier to be emotional about iPhones than things that are actually going on. I think there is kind of that dynamic of that. We, we do throw our emotions into things that really don't matter that much and then kind of distance ourselves Um from things that are actually really emotionally, you know, jarring, you know, you see mm-hmm. that a lot with how, how much we really throw ourselves into like sports and, and, and how, how much it can really mean to somebody, how their team is doing, but then kind of be cut off from, from things that are going on in our lives. And I think some of that is just, you know, um, coping, you right. know, I think that's, I think part of it is how we cope, but I do think that with these, very, very expensive items. I think we have to be mindful of how we're using that. And is this really, you know, something that, that, that is, that, that 
that's actually a value or can you know what I mean? And so it's like, I think that, yeah, I think some of that is displaced motion. Right. I think that is definitely part of it. And I think the other part of it is that identity issue is yeah. that if you have Apple products, a lot of people feel that is extension who of who they are. So if you say, oh, I'm an Apple user and I'm going to Android, I think there's this subconscious reaction of you're rejecting me because I am, this iPhone is an extension of me and you don't want it. So you are rejecting me. And I mean, it sounds crazy, but I think that yeah. is kind of the the subconscious reaction a lot of people yeah. Yeah. have. I, mean, definitely, I can definitely see some of that. And I will admit that I am one of those people that when someone says they're switching over to Android, I'm like, oh, the horror. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to communicate? We're not going to be able to have iMessage, blah, 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 blah. You know, I celebrated when my mom got an iPhone like this last like six months ago and you know now she's like all about it and so so it's funny because I definitely I can relate to that and I think it's at the end of the day it's totally meaningless and yet you know in the moment I I feel like I care right yeah <laughs> you know so uh. but but I I will say you know again I'm very very drawn to those shiny things and so I didn't watch the uh the video I haven't watched anything about it I don't know any of the specs and I still want it I right. stole that phone. Like I'm like, it's so pretty. Well, it's a thousand dollars, so <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm not going to get it anytime soon because I replaced my phone like I don't know six months ago. So it's not time, but I know it's. It, I I yeah. I still feel that. <laughs> that it's, it's I'm still coveting it's, it. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how, and I'm sure I could do research and kind of someone's had to do do research on this but i think for a while smartphones were all kind of uh on the same level of of price and kind of what they had to offer yeah there was there was varying levels but you didn't have these thousand dollar phones that really are not something a majority of americans can purchase um and I think now with the, I'm interested to see if it if it creates more of a kind of class struggle or if it if it. Yeah, I they, mean, I'm. It's just interesting now that it's just there's a, such a big divide between what people can have. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, but I, I mean, also think with the iPhone, I mean, all of them have been rather expensive. I don't know what how much the seven was because I didn't pay that much attention to it, but. I know it was probably at least seven hundred, six fifty, somewhere around there. They're, they've been pretty pricey, and a thousand dollars is a lot of money. But you know, then then we have to also point out that a lot of times phone companies make it easy for you to get a very expensive phone by doing you know a payment where you put it on your on your bill. And so right. there are people who will be able to just go in and and buy the phone and swipe their card and just buy the phone outright. And then they're also going to make it as accessible to people who maybe can't actually afford it or, mm -hmm. you know, wouldn't be able to afford it by being able to like, Oh, AT&T for two years, you know, on this, on this phone and be yeah. paying it like you're paying on a car. So. The other interesting thing that I'm just thinking about now that someone commented at work is 
and I, I, I don't really have an opinion on this. I just thought it was interesting. Someone was commenting on how their 11-year-old niece w- was getting the iPhone X. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, I, when I was a kid, there was nothing. I mean, we had a family computer, but I, there would be never a product I would have that was $1,000. And it's it's just interesting. Yeah, it's, it's just interesting to me that the dynamic of now that just of where the, the world's moving, that these devices are now much more individual and starting at a much younger age that you have these mm-hmm. these type of technological d- devices that yes we consider are an extension of self and all these things it's just it's it's very interesting <laughs> it, it is very interesting and i mean you see you know you go to the airport and you see like a line of like little kids like that could be maybe under like five or six years old with their little personal ipad that they're watching and you know everybody's kind of it it, it it gets it gets younger and younger that people have access to these devices and that that's part of the norm that it's just not out of the ordinary that a little that a little one is is using you know a thousand dollar level of tech device um, for themselves and it's it's one of those things where we're not going to be we're not going to undo it we're not going to go backwards and so I think it's just kind of thinking about how how we're using them how we're allowing yeah. kids to use them you know the access because I always just I don't know for me with with things that have access, like open access to the internet. I just think that, you know, with kids, there's a, there's always a risk, but at the same time, that's, that's where things have been. So. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's a double-edged sword because I know even my niece and nephews, when they were in preschool had uh, iPads at preschool, because that's where they learned to read. They didn't learn to read from a book. They learned to read from an iPad. And I mean, I have no opinion on that. They're learning to read. That's, the main point of it but it's just yeah and the and the multi-use of it i think is an interesting part of it too because when we were young yeah yeah we had computers but we read from books and we had a separate phone and we had a separate way to listen to music and everything was kind of separated into device where now it's literally one device that does everything that we need and i put quotes around need um, at all times yeah yeah no it, it it's it's definitely it's definitely an interesting place that we're in now because yeah I remember you know being a kid and like I might have had like a little you know game that had like some you know was kind of a computerized game or something but you did it for that one thing and then you had to go and like pick up a telephone to make a call and it's like now everything is rolled into this one device that we're staring at all day long and kind of giving our attention to all the time. And I think for me, the, what I see that I, I think my biggest concern is that, um, cause I think it, you know, kids are learning, kids are still using them to learn. So I think that that's fine. But I think my biggest concern is that we're a lot more disconnected from each other when we're staring at our own mm-hmm. personal device. And so I think that we really do lose, um, lose that ability to kind of connect, um, just interpersonally with, with the with the level of technology that we're at so we have to kind of work even harder for that and those right. connections. yeah and i think my uh fear around just where technology is going is that i mean we saw with the iphone x there's this whole that apple's made it very clear that they think that the future is in augmented reality and we keep 
getting more and more down the path that we actually spend more time in a virtual space than we do in the real world. And just the effects of us spending more time in a, a, in, in a world that's not real yeah. as opposed to a, a physical reality. I, I just – I don't want to say it's my fear. I just – what I fear is that I don't know what that means. It's, right. it's I'm uncomfortable yeah. with it because I don't know is that a good thing? What's the effect? going to be where does that end like i'm mm-hmm. an interesting plot that's being used i think a lot now in tv and, and film is the the virtual reality and this idea of well where's the the line between for humans between what they feel is real versus what isn't real and what happens when the virtual world becomes the place you prefer to be or the safer place than the the real world. And what are the risks in there? What are the, the benefits? Because, I mean, I think it's important to, to stay balanced. And what I like in this conversation is neither of us are hating on smartphones at all. I love my smartphone. Yeah. Um, I think you can definitely have, I mean, I'm a minimalist, but I think you can definitely have as many material items that you want as long as you're staying mindful about how you're using them and understanding why you purchase them why you why you're using them all, all those things as long as it's being done mindfully yeah um, it's gonna you can use it for positive change mm-hmm. um but i don't i have no idea where i was going with this i, I changed sure. subjects halfway through and then forgot what no, i said before no, <laughs> I think it all matters. And I think what you were saying is that that we don't know where this is going because right. you can just see that it's changing. You can see that we're, we're spending more time in this world and that that's just kind of where things are going. And it's like, well, what does that mean? You know? And I think mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we don't know. And so I think that's the, that's the, that's the question. That's kind of the, 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 the part that, yeah, makes me a little concerned. It's like, okay, well, where, how, where does, where does this go? How do we, evolve in this this new space i mean i tell people all the time that i think you know a couple hundred years from now they're going to be able to look at at humans and and how we've evolved and really see a huge change when computers and and technology you know and that boost 30 years ago that that happened so i think we we, we really don't have any idea but things are definitely different and continuing to change right. but that's that's kind of what always happens things are things yeah. do definitely change so and i think the fear comes from i mean humanity just having a very spotty history of how it uses technology that mm-hmm. i mean we use a lot of it for great great things to help people and to stop suffering and we use a lot of it to cause endless amounts of suffering so it's just always, I always kind of approach it with a little caution because I don't know what the motives are behind, behind it. Yeah, yeah. Well. But I'm positive that it, that it can be used for good because I think the other thing that it, the, the positive thing I see in it is it has, 
and this is a positive and a negative, it has connected us a lot more. And if mindfulness is is focused on more, I think we can really move quickly to a more compassionate, empathetic way of life um, because of that. Um, And we just have to not let uh, fear and hate um, and panic divide us in us being more connected. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree. I think we have to, we have to do it with intention. We have to intentionally use the tools as a way to stay connected and to do that work and to move into and move it in a positive direction. Because I think when we're not intentional, things, things don't, things don't happen in that way. We have to be intentional about how we're using it and how, what kind of change we want to affect Mm -hmm. Mm because things are changing no matter what. And so it's kind of like, what type of, what, what, what do I want my change impact to be? Right. And be open to, to knowledge and understanding what you're using. Um, I think what, what I see is, and I I don't know, I, I just think it's interesting that technology keeps advancing yet the vast majority of the population understands less and less and less about the technology they use. Mm. Um, And I think it's hard to be intentional if you don't actually understand that technology. And I'm not saying you have to be able to build an iPhone or, or know laws of physics, but just having the, the general, a general knowledge of why it was created, how how it was created, um, where it's trying to go, I think really helps in being able to use it mindfully. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (sighs) So I guess the homework is, uh, how do you feel about the iPhone 10? (laughs) What are your thoughts? Is it shiny enough for you? Uh, yeah no um and also are you do you use any divination techniques do you use any affirmation cards do you use tarot cards do you do anything else do you um yeah how do you how do you kind of connect with your own your own sense of sense of magic and uh with lots of homework this week um i'm also just I, i'm curious what people how people define self, um, huh? not necessarily their personal self, but just in a person's self. Um, yeah, because I guess I've never, I gave the definition for good and evil, but I'm trying to think of how I would define self. And I thought I would have a, a clear definition, but now talking about the extensions of self and material objects and this thing, I just, uh, yeah, I, I I would have to really think about it because I have yeah. no idea right now. Because <laughs> yeah, I I don't know either, but I definitely will will do some reflection on that for next week. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. All right. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for you joining guys. us, and we'll be back next week. All right. See you then. Have a good one. <laughs>